reading from the 24th chapter of the Gospel according to Luke, beginning with the 13th verse. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus Himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing Him. And He said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed Him over to be condemned to death and crucified Him. But we had hoped that He was the one to redeem Israel. Yes. And besides all this, it's now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning. And when they did not find His body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that He was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said. But they did not see Him. Then Jesus said to them, Oh, how foolish you are! And how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into His glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, He interpreted to them the things about Himself in all the Scriptures. As they came near to the village to which they were going, He walked ahead as if He were going on. But they urged Him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it's almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So He went in to stay with them. When He was at the table with them, He took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized Him, and He vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while He was talking to us on the road? While He was opening the Scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and He has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how He had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In John's Gospel, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the word way there is the word hodas. That in this text is translated as road. Because it's the same word 
The road is the way you get somewhere, right? The way. Cleopas has experienced this dramatic disappointment, the same disappointment that we found Mary Magdalene in Easter morning when she wasn't quite sure what was happening yet. The way. St. Augustine found it interesting that the one who called himself the way was walking the way with these two people in their disappointment. I'm not sure that there are more painful words in the English language than we had hoped. Because when we hear someone we had hoped or I had hoped, we know we're not about to hear a good ending, right? Ernest Hemingway was asked to write a short story with six words. And he wrote, For sale, baby shoes never worn. We had hoped. Walking that way. Cleopas and his companion were walking our way, our life. Not different people from us, but people who experienced the disappointment of having hoped for something and found out it wasn't going to be. They had hoped that Jesus was going to redeem Israel, which meant push the Romans out and return the kingdom to Israel, to its own rule, that Jesus was going to go into Jerusalem and sit on His father David's throne and tell Pilate and the boys to pack and go. But that didn't happen. We had hoped, they said. We had hoped that He was the one. We had hoped. I want to tell you two pretty personal stories today that this text drew up for me. I've talked before about how we adopted our, our little wonderful daughter who I love with my whole heart. She was two and a half years old when she came to us. She was born in 2002. In 2002, my wife and I got to the point where we had heard enough of we had hoped we would be able to have our own children and decided that we could adopt. And we started walking a different road of disappointment because that adoption fell through at the hospital in horrible ways that we could not have anticipated. We had hoped. But what we left with was hurt. We had hoped to leave with a child. But what we left was a, was a need to call Dean King and tell her to go take all the baby stuff out of my yard. <laughs> Our church had rallied around us during the whole process, prayed for us as we went through treatments and this and that horrible thing that infertility doctors do to people. <laughs> and we arrived at We Had Hoped. And it hurt. This big chance, this big risk we took had ended up in just complete abject failure. So we did what Cleopas and his companion did. We resorted to the familiar. They walked home. We went got a pizza and a beer and watched two movies. 
I only remember the name of one of them is About Smith with Jack Nicholson in it. Have you ever seen that? Don't. <laughs> the other movie was good, but that one was horrible. Like Cleopas, we just resorted to what we knew was comfortable and hid from our pain. And I needed to give the Swansea United Methodist Church UMW time to go and get all the baby stuff out of the yard anyway. And it hurt. One of the most hurtful days of my entire life. That was 2002. In August of 2002, a little girl was born. Into a situation that wasn't healthy for her. And she ended up being taken out of the home and went to a a place for battered women and children who needed a temporary place to stay for several months. And then was placed in foster care with what DSS described as a casual parent who let a two and a two-year-old sleep in a bonus room over a garage by herself. On a Friday, I went in and received my appointment, my first appointment as a pastor. On a Friday in April. That next Monday, DSS called and said, we have a little girl that needs a home. And it was Leanne. And they arranged a visit with us for Wednesday. And we went and met her. And we walked into that living room where she was. And she said, are you my new mommy and daddy? And they called us that weekend and said, we want you to take her home and see how it goes. (laughs) I said, huh? (laughs) So we took her home on a Friday. And they called us that next Monday and said, keep her. Keep her. We resorted to what we knew because we were so disappointed and we had hoped. And I'm sure that little girl had hoped that she would be taken care of and nurtured and loved. We had hoped. That, that weekend, we called our two of the best friends we've ever had, Andy and Lisa Knight, and their children, and asked them if they would come to dinner with us and meet the little girl. <laughs> Andy and Lisa and their family are like, they are my family. Their kids call me Super Dave. <laughs> my friend Andy looked at me and said, David... If you had known it was about her, it would have been worth it, right? And what I realized then is that while my wife and I were walking a way of disappointment, 
the risen Christ was using it. Was using it for hope and for life. While we were abandoning Jerusalem and headed toward Emmaus, anywhere but here, we'll even go watch a bad movie. Anywhere but here. Out of touch, turn the cell phones off, ignore people, go hide. The risen Christ walked into that and brought life. Fast forward to the last 16 months. And one of my other dear friends, Lisa Thomason, who is here today and told me I could tell this story. Lisa's husband found out he had stomach cancer and I rushed to the hospital to sit with him while he was waiting for an ultrasound. And just a few short months ago, we buried Steve. What seems like an eternity ago. One night, Lisa texted me and said, hey, we're going to go to Texas Roadhouse because Steve feels like eating and it's his birthday. And my family wasn't able to go, but I said, I will be there. And one of our other friends from high school, Billy Settlemeyer, was going to be there with his fiance, Kimberly Thomas. I'd never met Kimberly before. But when we got there, we sat at the table and I, and I exchanged how are you with Billy. I hadn't seen him since we were at Clemson together and since high school, even before that in middle school. <laughs> I've known him for a long time. We were all walking together a road of disappointment, a road of we had hoped, because we had hoped that Steve would be made well. But it was turning to look like that was not going to happen. And Steve wanted to celebrate his birthday with friends. And so we celebrated. And we ate and laughed and talked. And out of that, I can now see that the risen Christ was present at that table breaking bread. Because today, my friend Billy comes to give his life to Christ. To submit to baptism, to die to himself and be raised in new life to Christ. And I called Lisa this week and I said, Lisa, I want to tell you something that I think you need to know. Because Lisa's walking the road of I had hoped. No one plans to bury their spouse when they're 47 years old. And I said, Lisa, out of Christ's sickness, Jesus is bringing life. Out of Steve's sickness, Jesus is bringing life. Billy wouldn't be coming to the font today if Steve had not been sick. This Emmaus story is the shape of our life, dear ones. We walk through disappointment, 
to the other side of disappointment and we walk that hard road and the risen Christ comes alongside us and breaks life open in the middle of it and invites us into joy and happiness and love in spite of our hurts. That's the shape of our life. About walking away where we know that no matter what disappointment comes to us, Jesus can use it to bring life. These two stories I tell you today come crashing into one another when I take oil from this piece of pottery and place it on Billy Settlemeyer's head. Because that little girl made this for me and said, use this when you do your preacher stuff. And the healing of my disappointment intersects with the healing of Billy's disappointments in life today. And the risen Christ is breaking bread. And next week, we will truly see what Luke was talking about. Luke writes a story for us, the church, in this time because he knows that none of us can expect to have Jesus show up on the road and teach us the Bible. But every first Sunday of the month, we come here expecting Jesus to break bread before us, don't we? And we see the broken bread and we can recognize Christ in it. I want to invite you today to recognize Christ in the brokenness in your life. To struggle with it in a good way. To look for Jesus using it for the good of others. I know deep in my heart that God did not make us unable to have children on our own. But I also know deep in my heart that God used that to give Leanne a home. To meet her and her I had hoped. And whatever it is that you would finish that with, we had hoped whatever. Know this, dear one, the risen Christ is walking with you in it. You will not be abandoned to suffer alone and the risen Christ will bring life in it. One day, dear one, like happened for me this week, you will be able to look back and see where God was at work in something that seemed tragic and horrible. Because today when I hold this cup and take oil out of it and anoint Doris and anoint Kimberly, and anoint Cameron, and anoint Billy, I will be living out the healing of my disappointments. The risen Christ is with us. Thanks be to God. Amen.